you're tuning into the Mind Matters podcast, a production of the University of Kentucky Sanders Brown Center on Aging, where we focus on research as it relates to brain health. I'm April Stauffer, your host, and today I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Dr. Lance Johnson. Lance joined the UK Department of Physiology and the Sanders Brown Center on Aging in December 2016. He's a researcher studying APOE in cerebral metabolism. But more on that in just a bit. Welcome to the program, Lance. Thanks, April. It's nice to be here. First off, if you could just tell us a little bit about how you got interested in research. Sure. Uh, so my story is a little bit of a winding one, maybe. Um, I actually did not know that biomedical research was uh, something you can make a career out of. Uh, I had always been interested in, in medicine uh, and science uh, growing up. But I was actually a journalism major in college, oh, wow. so I was in North Carolina in Chapel Hill, and uh, I was all ready to get my degree in journalism and mass communication, and I just happened to be looking for a, a summer job. Uh, this is not to date myself, but back when jobs were actually posted in the physical newspaper. So I looked in the student newspaper, and again, I'd always kind of been interested in science, so I saw a job for um, kind of an entry-level lab tech. And so I applied, got the position, and just out of dumb luck, I ended up in a fantastic lab uh, there at UNC. And within a couple of weeks, I was I was hooked and knew that this was what I wanted to do uh, wow. as a career. That's a lot different than journalism. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I you know I found out there's there's quite a bit of communication mm -hmm. in science, and so I don't think I was, you know, wasting my time in that regard. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a different world. Wow, that's phenomenal that you started out on one route and then, you know, a totally different path. But um, I'm glad you're here at Sanders Brown Thanks. doing a lot of great things. Um, I invited Lance to be on the podcast today because he had the opportunity to present at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in July um, over in Amsterdam. And so his work is with APOE, and so that's a big deal with Alzheimer's and dementia research. So can you tell us about your presentation at AAIC? Sure, sure. And I'll, I'll add that actually it was, was fortunate enough to have two of my trainees give um, seminars as well. And um, uh, so I, a little bit on, on those. Um, so Nick Devaney gave a, gave a talk uh, focused on how APOE or one's APOE genotype could influence um, immunometabolism in, in microglia. And so what that means is um, microglia are the immune cells of the brain, but their metabolic status is actually very closely tied to their function as an immune cell. And so we think that APOE, being a protein that's involved in lipid metabolism, may influence how those immune cells in the brain function uh, kind of downstream of the metabolic effects. So that was, that was Nick's seminar. And then Leslie Golden, another graduate student in the lab, uh, gave a talk very similar to mine, same kind of topic area, uh, which is kind of this idea that there is a um, protective version of this gene APOE in addition to the harmful version that we, we typically talk about. And so just to get our readers up to, or listeners up to yes. speed there very quickly. So everyone has this gene APOE. Uh, you may have heard of it before because if you inherited the E4 allele or variant of this gene, you're at a much higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease over your lifetime. So it's actually the strongest genetic risk factor for the common late onset form of the disease. What we don't talk about or study as much is that about 8% of the population has inherited 
the ApoE2 variant, and that variant is almost as protective as the E4 variant is uh, a risk factor. And so again, because it's less studied, we got really interested in, well, what could this version of the gene be doing to, to protect one from Alzheimer's disease while this version puts you at risk? And so both Leslie and I's seminars were, um, were focused on actually a new mouse model that we, we generated where we can conditionally switch from the risk allele to the protective variant. And the whole idea there is that it could be five months, five years, 50 years, but gene therapy may get to the point where we could potentially change someone's APOE variant or genotype from the protective, or excuse me, from the risk to the protective um, form. And so um, we think we need a, a, a preclinical model to, to study what could go wrong there or what could go right. Yes. So, wow, that's incredible that that's even an option. Um, wow. Science is incredible <laughs> thinking about that. Um, I know they do some work with immunotherapies with cancer treatment. Sure. So seeing that with Alzheimer's would just yeah. be amazing. And I, I think we're probably still a little ways away mm -hmm. from that. Right. But um, yes, it's, it's, it's happening now in, in certain blood disorders and in cancer. And so, uh, and there are actually ongoing trials using viral delivery um, uh, for, for gene editing purposes. So I, we may not be as far as we, we think from that kind mm -hmm. of uh, approach. Okay. And then um, I know you're doing that in research for just the average person. Sure. Um, how would they find out if they're at higher risk or not with the APOE4? Great question. So uh, your common genetic testing platforms like 23andMe do um, typically include APOE uh, on, on the test. So um, if, you're, if you're wondering, that's one method that has gotten you know, more reasonably priced. So they will let you know whether you're an E4 carrier or not, uh, and then it's really kind of a um, you know a question for a genetic counselor to to tackle at that point because it while it predisposes you to the disease, it's not necessarily a a death sentence, um, and so there's there's quite a bit that, that goes in to the thinking there as far as other environmental risk factors, you know, lifestyle, uh, kind of healthy heart, healthy brain type of um, choices. So. It, it, while it's not as uh, simple as that, if you are interested, you can find out through, through okay. those types of tests. Okay, so not just research purposes Correct. only. But, Correct. Okay, well, interesting. That's fascinating that we're getting closer and closer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so can you share any other insights from the conference with us? Yeah, I, I think um, this was one of the most exciting uh, AEICs that, that I've been to, and, and not just because it was in Amsterdam, um, but the, the news in the, in the field um, is, is rather big these days. So I, I tell my, my new trainees they're coming into the field at an absolutely incredible time because we've spent decades um, studying this disease without any, any disease-modifying therapies, any drugs or treatments that actually worked. Right. And so for the first time, we have a few that are, are, are FDA approved, um, and I'm talking about the anti-amyloid uh, antibodies. Now, are they uh, completely curing the disease? No, not by any stretch, but they are slowing the progression. And so that's a huge, that's a huge deal, right? We have to build off that. We have a long way to go as a field um, to completely eradicate this disease, but 
you know, it's, it's a start and it's the first start. So that's, that was the really exciting news for me was the, uh, the Nanomab mm-hmm. um, trial uh, reporting. And so just kind of the excitement there, I think was, it was, it was palpable. Yeah, that's super exciting. I know back in the spring we had FDA approval for lecanemab, and so this is the second one that we're still waiting on FDA approval for nanemab. But um, the phase three results were positive, and so we're going to see more and more things like this happening in the research. I, I hope so, and I hope that you know other researchers can build off of these treatment strategies and and make them even more effective. Yes, yes. Um, There was also one other thing in the AAIC news that was the CRISPR gene editing Mm -hmm. for APOE. Do you have any more insight on that? Yeah, so this was what I was um, alluding to a little bit earlier. So so much earlier, you know, in in the process here, Um, but there is a, a, um, uh, a company who is in trial now using a viral delivery of gene um, uh, a gene editing uh, strategy to essentially overexpress the protective variant, the APOE2 variant that we were talking about, in the brains of people who only have the risk APOE4 variant. So um, these are individuals who have been diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's disease and they are um, expressors of the E4 variant. So a very high risk, um, you know, essentially a desperate patient population and so um, this trial involves injection of a virus to overexpress the protective protein to see if, if there can be any um, positive effects of that kind of add-on, if you will, uh, in the brains of these individuals. And so there's been a tiny bit of data that's trickled out of that, mm-hmm. that study um, from, from biomarkers in those patients. Uh, and while they're still early on and the patient size is small, um, things look promising so far. So that's really an exciting space that we're following really closely. Right, right. I would imagine so. Um, gosh, the genetics are just fa- fascinating in this field and um, seeing how for years we didn't really realize it was genetically linked, mm-hmm. um, but there is more evidence to show that. And the fact that the APOE2 is protective potentially. So right. that's, right. that's mm-hmm. exciting and yeah. a reason to get tested, honestly. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and, and I've, I've talked to people who kind of think about this both ways. Like some say, you know what, I don't want to know because what can I, I do about that right now? Well, things may be changing in that regard. Right. And then others, you know, really want to, to know right away. And, and um, uh, I, I, I totally understand both sides of that coin, but Back to your point about genetics, yeah, I think that the, the twins studies and, and other other uh, genetic studies show us that it's kind of a good news, bad news, depending on how you want to look at it. Maybe up to 70% or more of our risk is, is determined by our genes. So that's, I guess, kind of depressing to think about being born with or without that risk. But at the same time, it means that researchers can, can really hone in on those genetic risk factors to develop therapy. For sure. For sure. Well, um as we get ready to close, do you have any advice for our listeners today? Ooh, uh, I think my main advice uh, is, is, you know, I love the phrase, um, good, good for heart, good for brain, right? Okay. So all the things that uh, we know are good for your cardiovascular health tend to hold true for your, your brain health too. So, uh, you know, eating right, exercising, the, the not so fun stuff. Right. To do. Right. As Americans, we want a pill to fix everything, right? Uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> the easy right? way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the advice I always love to love to give. Um, but also, I, I would I would reiterate that it's an exciting time in in the field. 
and yes, we have a long ways to go, but um, you know, for, for everyone out there supporting AD research uh, at, at every level, um, in the lab, outside the lab, fundraising, whatever, whatever have you, um, that they should be excited. And, um, and we really appreciate their support. Thank you, Lance. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll come back next time. And to get in touch with Lance, we'll have some, in, some information in the comments. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, April. Mind Matters is brought to you by the University of Kentucky Sanders Brown Center on Aging. Our goal is to improve the health of older adults in Kentucky and beyond through research dedicated to understanding the aging process and age-related brain diseases. To learn more about the center, visit our website at https colon forward slash forward slash medicine.uky.edu forward slash centers forward slash SBCOA. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Sanders Brown Center on Aging YouTube channel.